This is a super professional podcast, and you can tell by the way you, you can definitely hear my dog eating in the background of this. And she was just slurping a ton of water. Yeah, yeah. So welcome to Pat's Interference, featuring Skylar Farrow Norwood, Bosco Dash Norwood, Patrick Bremen, and Patrick Norwood. Brick, how you doing, buddy? Happy, uh, happy week nine. We're headed into. Is it already week nine? Week nine, baby. I guess I'm doing well. I don't like that you said it's week nine. That seems like too big of a number, and that makes me sad. I'm feeling sad, but I'm feeling very happy. I had a good day. It was a good day. It was a good day. I had a good dinner, made some salmon. Sure. Threw it on top of a Caesar salad. This is all the stuff that people wanted. Yeah. Skylar is back to the water bowl, by yep. the way. Yep. Playing the sound of her people. I, I doubt, actually, because of the microphones we're using, I doubt you can even hear it. I want everyone to know how loud it is to us. She decided to start eating and drinking the moment we started podcasting. As soon as I hit record. Yeah. As soon as I hit record. Uh, yeah, this is College Football Podcast. If you've never listened, welcome. Uh, our two best friends in the whole world. Um, went to Alabama together. Decided, hey, let's do a little podcast together. And here we are. A little roll tide roll. A little roll tide roll action. roll tide. The format of this podcast, we always do college football first around the nation. And then the second half of the podcast, we do Alabama. Uh, If you are not an Alabama fan, that is your time to tune out because it is all we will talk about. We try not to be homers. Sometimes we succeed. I've tried less this year. I've tried. I've tried. I I feel like I've always done a pretty good job at it. When I used to work in TV, I I tried to be more... um, impartial but now yeah. that i don't work in tv i've left a little bit of that at the door and every week i think i get a little bit a little bit more homer which yeah. is fine with me that's okay it's our podcast fan is short for fanatic fanatic yep or fandom that's true <laughs> <laughs> i actually don't know which one it is i'm sure it's fanatic why why else would they name the the sporting shop store the root of the word is greek it comes from a greek word i'm trying to do the bit from uh, our my big fat Greek wedding, and it just oh, it yeah. just landed flat on its yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, I got it after you said it, but I so didn't there get it you before go. Then uh, okay, uh, let's dive right in. Yeah, so we're gonna skip uh, we're gonna skip on down to Syracuse Clemson. If you're following along on ESPN, uh, Clemson benches DJU. He was playing abysmal. Escapes Syracuse is what we'll say. Clemson was this in this particular instance more than any game that I think I've we've talked about this year. I think Clemson was gifted the win by the refs. More than any game that I can think of. Wow. I mean, yeah, you can say Alabama against Tennessee, but that's me being a homer again. Uh, no, it was it was the two horrible call and then non-call on um, roughing the passer or, or, or yeah. excessive, was, excessive uh, contact. Yeah, yeah, um, on, on the K- out of bounds. running out of bounds. He was just touched on the shoulder, and he was still in play when he was touched. And then the much more egregious one that was not called on Syracuse or on Clemson against Syracuse uh, essentially sealed the deal and what was a close game and Klubnik did play well when he came in. Um, he, uh, he did. He did. He had six rushes for 15 yards. Um, he was two for four for 19 yards. He did everything that needed to be done, but Will Shipley's the anchor of that team. Yeah. Um, and that's been evident for weeks now, by the Will way. Will Shipley's bailed out DJU if more than one occasion. And here's the thing is I was praising him last week. He was playing. Well, and that's what I was about to say is last week you were really not high on DJU, but you were like, hey, he's kind of figured it out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I was high. Not high, but yeah, I was bullish, I but I was happy with what he was doing. I wasn't. Hmm. I wasn't disagreeing with you last week, but I think Shipley is a bigger part of Clemson than anybody in the country is recognizing. Absolutely. He's he's a fantastic player and he he does. He's he's sort of the cog that gets the machine going and, yeah. and jack of all trades and that deal you know he's their Christian McCaffrey you know but um 
Yeah. He kind of plays everything. Debo Samuel kind of for him. But, um, yeah, and I was decently high on And then, I don't know, has he lost the job? Have we, have we followed up on that this week? I I haven't. I haven't. Um, 13 for 21 with two picks and no touchdowns is rough. Yeah. And when you are supposed to be, the other part of your game is supposed to be this big rushing threat, and you have eight carries for 13 yards, that doesn't get it done. And what I don't understand is why Clemson kind of gets a pass on this, I feel like, every year, where they had the near loss to UNC. This year, they have the near loss to Syracuse. In 2019, they had a near loss to Syracuse. You remember Chase Bryce, friend of the podcast Chase Bryce, had to bail out Clemson against Syracuse two years ago at home. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, Or maybe three years ago now. Um, And I feel like every year this happens to Syracuse, nothing really bad happens to them rankings-wise or public opinion-wise, right? I feel like every year they just sort of get a pass, which I'm a fan of, by the way. I'm a fan of if you play one bad game, that should not make or break your season. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's a fun way to watch college football. I absolutely think it's impressive when you go through undefeated as a team. Um, And I'm not saying that everybody who has one loss deserves a second chance. But it's when teams like this barely win. And then certain programs get raked over the coals for that. And other programs just don't. The difference for the Clemson this year compared to the other years, what ha- they haven't been passing the eye test either. Right, uh, right, and so, but you've got teams like Georgia struggles against Missouri, loses two spots in the AP pool. Mm-hmm. Alabama struggles against Texas A and M, loses two or three they, spots. In the yeah, AP they fell pool, down right? to number two. Clemson, um, Georgia went back up to one. You're right, and it's just, and I, again, that's a very, very small thing to have happen. But it's the public opinion of those teams, and it's the way those teams are talked about afterward that I feel like Clemson kind of gets a pass on. I don't know if that's the case this week, per se, but I feel like usually in the past it has been. Am I wrong there? No, you're not. You're not. Uh, let's move on. I, I Is Clemson going to be okay? Is Clemson going to make the playoff? Well, that was the we said last week that was the toughest test they had left, and they got gifted the win. So I will say, yeah, I think they do make the playoff. Um, yes, they can. I mean, we've shown that they, they can be upset. They can be upset by multiple teams, but I don't. I think their best chance of being upset now is... Notre Dame? Either at Notre Dame or South Carolina last game of the season. South Carolina's been playing a little bit better. South um, Carolina played really well this past that week. That game is played in Clemson. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't I don't really know if I can if I can buy that. Um but I, I can tell you what. Clemson's one of those teams that has the Notre Dame of twenty twenty sort of feel. Yeah. Where it's yeah, they'll probably make the playoff. And then what will happen? Mm, no, they're gonna make the playoff. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what happens after that. Yeah, they're they're looking like the sacrificial lamb in the first round for yes. whoever they play. Um, yes, uh, I guess they could trip up in the ACC title game depending on who they play. I could see them losing to UNC. Yeah, that's who it's going to be. Yeah, I, I I just I don't see another team that's uh, going to compete in the coastal, especially after Miami just gets crushed by Duke this week. So that's probably their best chance to lose. If they lose that, they won't make the playoff. They've got to win out. Um, uh, you've got Ohio State uh, just absolutely dismantling Iowa's fifty four ten. That game wasn't even close. Um, a game that was close and ended up being kind of an upset. Uh, and feather in your cap, by the way. LSU beat Ole Miss forty-five twenty last week during our Alabama section. You said you were uh, worried about Ole Miss, but you were definitely worried about LSU. Yeah, I guess playing- that's a feather in that cap. It removes the feather from my uh, LSU goes at best seven and five. 
or six and six. I could. Uh, I still. I still could see that happening. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility yet. I guess what I'm saying is they're better than I thought they'd be. Even I, if they do go seven and five, they they'll be a better seven and five than I would. And they needed at. a 21 point. Uh, fourth quarter to really make that game look as bad as it was. They dominated that um, second half. The second half was all LSU. The first half was, uh, ironically, kind of all Ole Miss. Yeah. Ole Miss played a really, really good first half, um, but I think one of those teams came out of the locker room and made an adjustment, and the other one didn't. Um, and, you know, I, I think uh, Jackson Dart, I, I don't know if he's got it or not. Yeah, I guess that's two straight weeks. He's He's vastly underwhelmed, and I thought they'd do a lot better running the ball. Uh, because they did so well against Auburn. Somebody who didn't underwhelm and somebody who looked like the uh, ASU quarterback that upset Oregon instead of the ASU quarterback that lost to Florida State, uh, Jaden Daniels, 21 for 28 for 250 yards, two touchdowns, and had 121 yards on the ground. Yeah. That has a been really, really a good game from him. huge part of that offense. And he's not a turnover-prone quarterback. When he's completing his passes and gets in a rhythm, he's always been pretty good. Yeah. The problem is getting him into that rhythm and and he's been playing well he's he's fitting that off i didn't think he was a fit at lsu i didn't think he was a fit with brian kelly but maybe they're starting to buy into what he's selling there yeah there could be a spark there it'll be their toughest games have yet to come yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of how uh how lsu's schedule plays out they've got back-to-back really tough games they get alabama at home but then they go play at arkansas Mm -hmm. Uh, they get uab at home and then they've got texas a&m which should lead us into our next section. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it time to mash the button on Texas A&M? Yeah, it absolutely is. We're just panicking full, full on panic. They, if they're not, they should be. Uh, because that is a that's a fourth loss. That is a loss to South Carolina, um, a South Carolina team that, uh, no, I'll say it. They're not very good. Yeah, I mean they're below average. They're not very good um, in the league. I'm not going to say they're terrible. I'm not going to say they're awful. They're not very good. They have not proven themselves very much this season. Um, this is a big win for that program. I will say that. Um, you know, but uh, A&M, man, just a sick program. They, I, I just don't know how you can look at that situation and still think Jimbo is a good idea, not panic about his uh, his contract and his subsequent buyout. Um, that will eventually probably be had to pay. Uh, will probably have to be paid at some point, right? Yes. Like there, I I don't think there's a world where Jimbo reaches the especially end of that if contract. he starts to lose some of last year's recruits. I mean, and then then there's which no is, reason to keep him. Which around. is what came out today, right? You've mm-hmm. got a uh, And M uh, true freshman from that number one recruiting class that everybody was so high and mighty on, um, being suspended indefinitely today. There's a lot Wasn't of rumors. Three of them? There was three of them. Refreshment suspended. And it's it's a lot of rumors swirling about what happened, what was said. Um, But you know we're not we're not really here to uh, to sort of speculate on that. You guys can go to Twitter to read that type of stuff. But if those freshmen transfer, that's got to be it. Well, that would be the nail in his coffin because the reason to keep him around at this point is to hope that that class that he got, which is one of the best of all time, they're freshmen now, so they'll be better as sophomores, better as juniors. Can he coach them up? He coached up a really good recruiting class to a national championship one time. That's that's the the hope that you hold on to. But and, and I've seen a lot of excuses thrown around this year from on Twitter and and such and message boards on Reddit from A and M fans you know, this was a rebuilding. You no, know, it wasn't. You came in ranked fourth in the country. You came in ranked fourth in the country preseason. It's yes. not a rebuilding year. Yep. We've had injuries. So is everybody else. Uh yeah. And and yes, we've had injuries. We've lost twice. No, you've lost four times. You lost to App State. The a lot of the you're, you're one in three in conference play. 
Yeah. You were one and three in conference. You are comparable to Missouri and Vanderbilt right now. Mm-hmm. They're, and they played as well as those two teams. Texas A&M is three and four. Vanderbilt is three and five. Missouri is three and four, just like A&M. Missouri is also one and three conference play, uh, as is Florida. And the other team on that list, by the way, the Auburn Tigers. What are they going through right now? Holy crap, we don't have a good quarterback, and we do not have a coach that can get him there. Oh, and we just signed him to a massive contract, and we're going to have to pay a big buyout. They can't get... I don't think they can get rid of Jimbo this year. A&M went from top five to the same spot Auburn is in in the course of two months. Yeah. Look back to July. Excuse me. Maybe it was June or it may have even been May. Saban and Jimbo get in their big back and forth. Everybody talks about, oh, October 8th is going to be a big one, which it was an Alabama one, but nobody talked about it at that point because at that time it wasn't a big one. Mm-hmm. And right? Bryce was hurt and it lost a lot of its luster. Right. Right. And it just feels like the wheels are not just coming off the wheels are off and now i mean this season's a wash yes they have to start looking forward to next season and hope because i don't know how much the buyout goes down but they can't get rid of jimbo this year no no. unless they lose every game the rest of the way and they end up going three and nine there are a select few teams in college football who could pay that buyout and a&m is one of them because their alumni base has unbelievable amounts of cash what's the precedent there so how how what kind of coach can you go after when you just paid 195 million uh, one, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the buyout is. I don't. I don't crazy, but. think there's an answer. Which, by the way, if you pay ninety five million, is you, it fully guaranteed? So I have to pay the whole thing. I believe so. Yes, uh, and it may be eighty five is guaranteed. Yeah, but you have to pay that, and then you have to have enough money to attract a good enough coach to come in. That's what I'm saying. Because you, whatever like, they end up paying is the record. It's it beats whatever they FSU had to pay. Another thing is, if you come in after Jimbo, you don't get the benefit of the doubt of oh he needs to get his recruiting class in here. Guess what, dude? You've had back-to-back-to-back top six classes. Then again, the guy that does take him over, if he's somewhat of a good developer and coach, he is inheriting what you know Jimbo left there. If he which, can convince the guys to stay, that is. Which is another reason why you have to succeed immediately. Yeah. There is no grace period. There is no, oh, we'll give this guy three or four years. They'd have to get a guy that they know can come yes. in and convince year two, you everybody need to, not to jump ship. Yeah, year It'd two, have to be a name. Year two, you need to win nine games at least. But even before, it has to be a name that keeps people on campus or they lose everything. Yeah. It has to be, I mean, I, I, I don't know what names kind of bring that much luster. James Franklin. PJ Fleck. It wouldn't be Fleck. Scott Frost. Franklin, maybe. Definitely not Frost. <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> okay, I listen to us go, which there are, there are Texas fans that are tired of Sarkeesian already. Which is asinine. I'm sorry, you just beat Texas by 50 for the first time in how long? Oklahoma, yeah, but... Then they, what did then I they, say? I said Texas, didn't they, I? Then they, I mean, we can just transition into Texas. Let's talk about them. Lost to Oklahoma State this weekend. Mike Gundy's got himself a little team, by the way, for which is something I've said, I think, six years in a row now on mm-hmm. this podcast. Um, I feel like we hit October every year, and we're like, Oklahoma State, top 10. They're this, they do that every no two kidding. years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then And then... November like 15th hits and you go, oh, wow, Oklahoma State's out of the top 25, huh? Yeah. Interesting. And then they go to the Cheez-It Bowl and they wax whoever they play, right? Mm -hmm. And then they come back the next offseason and you're like, all right, here we go. They had that good year last year. Uh, Yeah, no, Texas losing to Oklahoma State uh, as I fill to try and find that game. Um, I'll start talking about Sark. Um, Go ahead. 
I would be pretty cautious about him if I, I well, it's becoming pretty clear to me that Sark might just be the exact polar opposite of Bill O'Brien where he's a great coordinator maybe not the greatest head coach and as far as Bill O'Brien's been a head coach in college he's been awesome and anytime he's been a coordinator now it's been abysmal um would love to make that trade by the way I will offer that trade to Texas right now yes if you guys want to take big shot Bill we will absolutely <laughs> take Sark off your hands uh, no, I mean, it's not time to give up on him yet, obviously, but, but there are some things for concern. Uh, they're, they're giving up leads in the fourth quarter and they're, you know, they played up to, they played up to Alabama, but they played down to everybody else. So I think, uh, uh except Oklahoma, except Oklahoma, they got uh, themselves up for that game. I will say, uh, you need to wait if you're Texas to figure out where the rest of the season goes. Texas yeah. is five and three right now. If Texas wins out and they're a nine and three football team. No one's talking about getting rid of Sark. Absolutely. Nine and three would be great um, for year two with Sark. He got Quinn Ewers, who, by the way, I, I don't know how much of this loss was on Sark. I don't know if you watched this game the other day or not. Ewers had two very bad interceptions. Mm-hmm. They, I, I mean, watched, just yeah. dismal interceptions. Um, Bijan Robinson, 24 carries for 140 yards. He's been solid all season. And they won't have him next year. Um, they will not have him next year, but I don't doubt that whoever they do have at running back will have maybe not as good of numbers, but will have good numbers as well. Um, I think it's too early to really speculate on whether or not Sark's been great. You had uh, one of the best recruiting classes you've had in a long time, basically since the Mac Brown. Uh, Charlie Strong had one really good class at Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's it's a little too early for that, but I I also know with a lot of these bigger programs, and especially with the speculation a lot of Texas fans had about Sark when he got hired regarding his... Um, his past, let's say. Sure. I, I'm not going to drag Sark on here. I feel like he's kind of turned his life around, and I'm happy for him. Uh, but that's that's something that Texas fans were pretty speculative about. And so the leash was already pretty short. Now it's a little bit shorter. I'll give you that. But I don't know if it's really time to say, yeah, I'm not sure he's the guy. No, but he had, it, he's been aggressively mediocre so far, and it could be better. But they're another team that is just kind of now punting to year three. I, I think, yeah. I, if it improves next year, yes, because he is getting due to transfer there, but they were they should be a little better than they've been. Uh, to this, this point, other than the win over Oklahoma, they should have been, they should be better than what they've been. They've had two really, really bad losses. Uh, they lost to Texas Tech by three in overtime. That terrible. Awful. Agree with you there. Yes. They lost to Oklahoma State by and, seven. And the way they gave up that game. 100% agree with you. It's a bad loss. That is a team that is ranked nine spots ahead of you to that time in your conference. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're also playing on the road. I I'm not saying it's not a bad loss. I'm saying these are things that mitigate how bad that loss looks. I would be much more worried about the Texas Tech loss than I would the Oklahoma State loss. And here's what sort of happened and how these two programs are sort of mirroring each other. Let me give you another program that is uh, struggled through games that everyone thinks they should win at home and on the road. And then blown out opponents that people unanimously thought were pretty good. Mm-hmm. And no one really likes to look at those games. What two programs am I talking about here? It's Texas and Alabama. No. All right. Say well, we- no, I'm glad, I'm glad you're bringing up Alabama here because Texas thinks they are Alabama. As a, as a, as a fan base, they expect yes. to be what Alabama, not yes. is this year, but has been. Right. Which right. is why the leash is even shorter, always in Texas. That's why I think I and, just think he's been mediocre there. Uh, I won't get. I I can't give him mediocre yet because I don't know if. No, if you have to put a grade on it today, he's been mediocre. I can't. I think, say he's I think been it's above been B minus. I can't say he's been above average. They had they won like four or five games last year. 
And that was his first year, and everybody gave him that. But this I, year, they've yeah, they're losing. You remember games how they many guys lose? they had transfer last year? Like, come on, man. They're they're losing games they shouldn't lose. In the off season, he won everything. He won the Quinn Ewers battle. He won the recruiting battle in the state of Texas, other than Texas A and M. Mm-hmm. But he beat out TCU. All these schools that had beaten Texas in the years past. Um, I think there was even a year with Tom Herman that Houston out recruited mm-hmm. Texas. Um, he came in. He won the recruiting battle. He killed your rival. He won by fifty. That's the that's the main thing that's not causing. Um, and know, he blanked. Uh, he didn't blank. He he beat uh, West Virginia, who now is kind of mediocre. But at the time, that was a big game, right? But it's just I don't know. He's I, done well enough not to question his job security yet, but it's been mediocre. It's, I'm just stand by that. I'm with and, you. and another guy yeah. that won the off season championship. No, and I want to make sure you know you're yeah. not wrong. Yeah, I'm just saying I think that's we're a year too early on the Stark panic. No, no panic. He's just. Treading water yep. with the C grade. Uh, you had uh, TCU, another Big 12 program. We can talk about it. I, I, we talked about them a lot last week. They're a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fun. They, they, their offense is so much fun to watch. And it feels like they just know how to win games. Yeah. Uh, my worry for TCU is I think they may have peaked too early. They may have. Uh, because I think their, uh, their game, their win against Oklahoma State showed me a lot. Um. They beat Kansas, who is it was ranked pretty high. Um, Kansas State, they gave up twenty eight points. Looking ahead, they've got West Virginia and Texas Tech, which should be wins. But then again, Texas also thought Texas Tech should be a win. Uh, they then play Texas, Baylor, and ISU. ISU's defense not bad. Nothing to turn your nose up at. I won't be surprised if they're undefeated by the end of the season. Uh, but I will I will be less surprised if they have a loss. I think they're going to trip up at some point. Um, that's just the nature of the Big Twelve and nature of most conferences. But. Yep. Uh, but TCU, super fun team to watch. If you are looking for a game on a Saturday and they're on TV, I highly suggest watching them. Uh, UCLA and Oregon. You and I touched on Oregon a little bit last week. Okay. And you mentioned, and I agreed with you, that because their loss to Georgia was so bad that people just kind of we, we forgot we, about them. We, we, we turned them into a meme way too quickly. Put them, put them in the rear view and just said, well, that's that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I will preface this by saying, I'm not sure how great UCLA was. Um, I, I just, I, I don't really know. Uh, UCLA had some decent wins. Yeah. I mean, UCLA has been as good as you can hope they'd be. They beat Utah by 10. They beat Washington by eight. That's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good stuff. Other than that, they haven't really played anybody. And but the, those are two huge wins. Uh, yeah, I'll give you Utah for sure. Absolutely, I'm not sure Washington. Washington was playing win. super well to that point. Um, yeah, I, I'm. This is the best UCLA team we've seen in a long time. 100. I'm saying. Are they a top ten team? Oh God, no. Okay, well they were on Saturday and they got absolutely whooped. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Bo Nix played out of his mind. He's October Bo Nix, so it's what you expect at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 22 for 28 for 283 yards and five touchdowns. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, it, it was, it was a game that was basically controlled by Oregon till they got complacent at the end, uh, gave up, uh, two touchdowns late that made the game look a little bit more respectable. But at one point this game was 38, 16. Um, that was the best game of Bo Nix's college career. Uh, I agree with that. Um, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I can't think of a game at Auburn where he played better than that. Uh, no. And I, I can think of games where he won. Mm-hmm. He was the reason. He was really good when they he beat Alabama. He was yes. really good that game. Yes, but he wasn't this efficient and this yeah. uh, relaxed, I'd say. Having a lot fun. of focused. A lot of focus. He's having fun out there. Uh, a lot of his game derives around chaos. 
And the more he can control that chaos, the better things go. And I feel like he's doing a better job of controlling that chaos. I will ask you this. Does Oregon have a realistic shot of making the college football playoff this year? One last Pac-12 team. Uh, we're, we're penciling in two SEC teams. We're penciling in Ohio State. If or, Mich- or Michigan, but Ohio State, right? If, if you'd like to. That's what I'll that's I think there's no way that I don't see three those three things being true. Um so you make you leave the room for ACC. If Clemson doesn't go undefeated, then maybe Oregon slips in with because their for last their only loss was week one. And then you've got TCU. You know how much that helps a team when their only loss is week you one. You have a one loss Oregon versus Georgia, or you have a one loss TCU whose loss say is Texas. Oregon makes it in over a one loss. TCU every day of the week. Interesting. And they make it in over Clemson, I think, this year, too. Interesting. I like that. So, I yes, hope you're right. if ACC and Let's, Big 12 both lose, Oregon's got a uh, shot, and so does USC still, by that same virtue. Yeah. Um, one loss Pac-12 team, I do think, beats out TCU based on name brand and Clemson based on eye test. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, any other games from last week you'd like to talk about? No, not before we get to uh, week to Alabama. Um, well, and then week nine, and then we'll go to Alabama, right? Yeah, we can talk about week nine. Uh, week nine, you got Ohio State, Penn State. That is big noon Saturday on Fox. Brick, are you buying Penn State, selling Penn State? Does Ohio State cover the spread? The spread right now. That's what I was going to ask you. Is at 15 and a half. I can't. Something is like triggering me in the back of my head and telling me like this game is going to be close for some reason. So there's part of me that's like, Ohio it is State's had also, a, it is also in Happy Valley. Ohio State's had a lull recently. They've you know kind of been just sort of humming along, but the other part of me is going, Ohio State's in cruise control. I think I would pick Ohio State to win. You said it's fifteen and a half. I would I would be more. I'm gonna take them by twenty four. I think they're gonna blow them out. I, I took them by I would take them by seventeen, mm-hmm. just because they are in Happy Valley. It is very loud. Ohio State on the road this year has been fine. Their road schedule has not exactly been uh, tough. Something about Penn State losing that first game just kind of made me feel like their fun's over. Well, hang on. Ohio State's kind of done the Auburn thing this year. What that is? Notre Dame, win at home. Arkansas State, win at home. Toledo, win at home. Wisconsin, win at home. Rutgers, win at home. Ohio State goes to Michigan State, wins 49-20. Michigan State's terrible. Mm-hmm. Michigan State's a very bad football team right now. And then a win at home against Iowa. So they're the first true road test. They played one road game. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Scheduling, how does that happen? I think I... They I'm, go on, I'm still going to lean hold that on. way. Hi, ho, ho. There's no way I'm reading this right. They play four away games this year and that's it? There's no way I'm Must reading nice. this right. Must be nice. Michigan State, Penn State, Northwestern, Maryland. I'm they just, play four away games this year. I don't know how that happens, but they're one of the best teams in the country. I hold a power. Man, deal. bump this, dude. That's so stupid. That's so dumb. All right, sorry. That's a different tangent. We're not getting on that. Okay, they play Penn State on the road. They go to Northwestern. Who cares? You and I could field a team of eighth graders and beat Northwestern right now. It's, I mean, it's a two-game season left for Ohio State, and I won't even really... I mean, I guess I should count this weekend because it's on the road, but... It, I don't count this weekend. They're kind of... The way that Marvin Harrison Jr. is playing and... and, and uh, Michigan just beat them 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just beat Penn State 41-17. Like, I, think, I think their fun's over. I think Penn State's had their fun this year, and I don't know that they get themselves up again to play a team of that caliber. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, so, anyway, that's in the rear view. TCU, West Virginia, we're both taking TCU. Well, what's going to happen now is Penn State's going to lose this game by seven, and I'm going to look like a yeah, idiot. That's, well, that's worst-case scenario for this I'm podcast, gonna right? Look ridiculous. Penn State still loses, but they keep it close, and then we look like morons. Uh, you've got TCU at West Virginia. I'm taking TCU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, TCU. Uh, you have Syracuse hosting Notre Dame. I'll take feels like a trap game for Syracuse. I I could see the emotional hangover, and I was yeah. about to say I'll take the Irish to cover or to win. Uh, to win, I could see him winning this game. Right now, Syracuse is a two and a half point favorite. Where is the Where's the game? In Syracuse, it's in the scarier dome. Because <laughs> remember, uh, it's Halloween weekend, so now it's extra. It's extra spooky. For For the sake of being different, I'll say Syracuse. Okay. Uh, cocktail party florida georgia let's play the game does florida cover how's that mm. lines 22 and a half surprisingly yes oh i like that florida has had a bye week yes surprisingly i do think florida covers okay okay uh i can't give you any real reason to that other than yeah i'm gonna make one up because i actually don't know the validity of this but okay uh, i think anthony richardson will have one of his better games of the season I have no reason to say that. I know what Georgia's it defense cannot is. Be, it's just a dumb feeling I have. It cannot be any worse than the Florida game, than the Georgia game that Florida played last year, where they had in like... Oh, I don't remember this game. What happened? In like a six-minute span, they had a, uh interception thrown. Georgia scored the next play. The play after that, uh, they got the ball. I think they ran it once. They fumbled. It was a scoop and score. They got the ball back and threw a pick six. I don't remember any of this, but God bless Emory Jones. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so horribly bless bad. His heart. Uh, I can't imagine that it's that bad. I uh, I don't know if Florida covers this one. I, I really don't. I'm going to take Georgia covering. I'm giving you some of the dumbest analysis I've ever given. It's just a dumb feeling I have. And That's okay. Th- if, if you hear hey. that and you go, why am I listening to this crap? I agree with you. Because I don't have any numbers or analytics. It's the it's dumbest just, sport in the world. No one knows what's going to happen. Just something tells me that this is a week where, where Georgia just is looking ahead and doesn't think of Florida. Uh, they may be looking ahead because of the next game we're going to play. Right. We're going to talk about. Exactly. Kentucky hosting Tennessee. Tennessee is going to keep blowing teams out until they face Georgia. So Kentucky is one of those. Kentucky's the last team before Georgia. Tennessee and is a 12 and a half point favorite. ESPN FBI gives them an 83% chance of winning this game. Yeah, and I would, I would, I actually will pick them to cover. I'm going to put money on that. Okay. Uh, I will not because uh, legally I cannot bet. And we all know sitting here right now on this podcast, I definitely don't bet on sports. I've never seen you do it. On the record, I've never bet on a single sport. I don't even know what sports batting is. Well said. Well put. Uh, that being said, if I were a betting man, yeah, I'd probably take Tennessee to cover as well. Um, I, is Will Levis back this week? Do we know? I honestly don't know. I don't know that I see it with him yet. I think he helps Kentucky quite a bit. Yeah, he's a good quarterback, and obviously he's done great and, and helped. Kentucky's not a team that's supposed to have good quarterbacks and have a lot of success. So to that virtue, yes, I don't see a I'm going to upset the number two team in the country from him. Yeah. Yes. Or three, I guess, is three. what Tennessee is. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't see that upset happening. Like, I feel like... The, here's, is, what I, here's what I'll say. Yeah. I can see a world where Tennessee is overlooking Kentucky more than I can a world where Georgia is overlooking Florida. 
That is true. That is a good point. That does not mean by any stretch of the imagination I am selecting a Kentucky upset or cover. What I am saying is if this game is like 31-20 and Tennessee fans are just kind of pissed, I won't be surprised by that at all. I just think Tennessee is still carrying the goalpost down the street. They're still having their party. They're this is, it's the hungry fan base and the hungry team. And I have I, I want Georgia. I have a little reservations with a little bit of hangover right now. I want to say this right now on this podcast. I have a little tidbit to insert if Tennessee is to lose, and it's a lot more of a microcosm of college football and college football attitude than it is Tennessee. But I'm saying that right here on this podcast on October 25th, and if they lose. I will bring it up and direct people back to the 30, eh, probably 32, 31 minute mark here. Okay. And if they don't, we'll never speak of and it if again. If they don't, it'll get buried. Because As no a college football fan, I would be bummed if they lost because I'm super looking forward to the Georgia game. But as an Alabama fan, obviously, I'd be very ecstatic. And as a human, and I do want them to lose. Yeah, I hope they never win another game. But as somebody that is looking forward to that Georgia game, because I will watch it. Dude, you think Alabama fans can be obnoxious? Yeah. Y'all just wait till Tennessee wins a national title. I promise you. I promise you. If you think Alabama is obnoxious, I promise you. you I want to make one more point about Will Levis. Go ahead. It was, um, no, it's the fact that I think he's pretty much right now the consensus third best quarterback in the draft, but every few weeks I keep seeing the guy that keeps putting him at number one, 1. 1.1. I just, I think it's Bryce and Stroud, and then I think there's an ocean to the next guy, and I don't even think that that guy's uh, uh, Levis, but. Who do you think that guy is? I wouldn't put Levis as a third best quarterback in college. I would take Caleb Williams before. I would, I would take, take Caleb Williams. I take Hook. Obviously, I take Hooker this year. Uh yeah. Man, uh, as an aside, Fuente, what are you doing? <laughs> Let's go back to the podcast two years ago when I was sitting here just dogging Fuente. Yeah. And a lot of this I'm getting from shout out friend of the podcast Kevin Burke, who is a very proud Hokey alum. But dude, if you're Fuente, what are you doing with Hendon Hooker, man? How do you let that happen? That's a guy that looked more lost than Joe Burrow did in 2018. Yeah, he really did. He really did. Like that, to me, that is a bigger jump than Burrow 18 to 19. Hooker going from 18 to this year. It, it is one of the most surprising as- ascensions I've seen from a from a college quarterback that I can remember. I I'm remember like, him. I remember him being announced as the star. Or I guess he wasn't announced. I guess he kind of took over for whoever last year at Tennessee. And I was like, oh, good. Okay, they're already switching quarterbacks. He's done four picks since that day. Yeah. Four. Yes. Five, but one of them got called back for defense pass interference. Okay, good point. Yes. Uh, Alabama didn't deserve to win that game. I'm not saying that. Michigan and Michigan State. Do you have any worry for Michigan in this game in the big house? Does anyone in the Big Ten play on the road? <laughs> i feel like every michigan game i've watched this year they've been at home what is the deal what is going on brick they played colorado state home hawaii home connecticut home maryland home iowa on the road (laughs) indiana on the road i kid you not penn state at home michigan state at home rutgers on the road it's a little bit more tolerable than ohio state yeah but even those the road road games games are the road games are rutgers indiana oh god I don't understand this conference, brother. Iowa was the worst one of that. Group. I was so bad. Iowa was the worst one of that group. And they beat them by thirteen. Who the, who's Iowa? Who's Iowa playing? They're playing. Um, uh, I don't know who they played this week. As it stands currently, it's got the lowest over under of any college football game ever. It's at thirty two and a half. Oh yes, 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 yes. I did see that. Uh, give me one second because I do want to talk. And about And I want to take the under just for the meme of it. <laughs> 
Uh, they are playing Northwestern. Yeah, I wanted. I'm taking the under just for fun. Let's see what it's at right now. Because we're gonna, we're just, you know, that's gonna be what I pay attention to Dude. most of this weekend. Okay, the over unders climbed. It's 37 and a half now. It was at 32 and a half at one point. I feel really good about the under. Uh, okay, sorry. Let's go back to Michigan. Are you concerned for Michigan State at all? You mean am I concerned for Michigan? Yes. If you're a Michigan oh, fan, no, are no, you concerned not, for the rivalry game, the weirdness of it? Not really. Not really, right? No. They're a 22.5 point favorite. I will not pick them to cover this game. I think they'll have the sleepies a little bit. And I'll, I think if they cover, it'll be a backdoor cover in garbage time. You may be right. You um, may be crazy. I just Michigan State's just bad this year. They're 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 just bad, and they had a lot of expectations coming into this season. So mm-hmm. I just I think the towel's been thrown in. I think Michigan waltzes through this one. I just don't know if they cover twenty two and a half. That's pretty steep for a rivalry game, right? Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss Texas A and M at Kyle Field night game at Kyle Field. This could be a bit of a get right game for Jimbo. There's been a lot of disrespect thrown their way. So they're going to respond to it one of two ways. They're either going to go lose again. This is another great analogy. They're going to lose or they're going to win. Um, <laughs> this is why you listen to the pod, baby. Yeah, yeah, I've had two really good moments on this one for sure. Uh, just a feeling I have. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot of disrespect thrown their way. So I think they're actually going to respond positively to it. And I am going to pick A&M to win. There is. Wow. There has not been uh, good quarterback play from A&M all season. No matter who it is. Haynes King, Max Johnson, doesn't matter. And to go toe-to-toe with Ole Miss, like LSU did, you have to outgun them. Texas A&M cannot do that. And I don't think their defense is good enough to even come close. To Maybe I'm that. overrating their defense, but I think their defense is good enough to slow them down to right the point now, where they can keep this a sloppy low scoring game right now uh well jimbo loves it sloppy right now Ole miss is a two and a half point favorite yeah i'll take a, i'll take a and m to win okay i like that i like that uh all right last game i want to talk about great six and one football team plays this weekend at night at home is this unc yeah buddy Tar Heels taking on the Pitt Panthers, our Pitt Panthers, that we faded all season, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, their defense is just so god-awful. It's so bad. And I want Keaton Slovis to be better than he is. And he, he's just not. He's just not very good. And Drake May has been so good this season. Right now, the line is UNC minus three. ESPN FBI has them as a 66% chance of winning this game. I'm going to take UNC. I am not happy about taking UNC. But I am going to take them at home. Their defense is so bad. Yeah, no, I'm going to take UNC. They've also been really good at winning ugly. They are nearly giving up 500 yards of offense a game. But they're winning ugly. UNC is a Pac-12 team this year. They're a, we're looking up and going, oh, they're a, damn, they're a 2016. Their quarterback's team. pretty good. All right. Let's, uh, all right. This is the point of the podcast. If you're not an Alabama fan, you may stop listening. If you'd like to, you can continue to listen. If you want to disagree with us and text us about all the things we were wrong about, because that is a major hobby of people who listen to this podcast. Fair warning. It's about to get sexy. So you might not want to turn Uh-oh. it off. Uh Oh, about to get sexy. Sounds like my boy believes again. Nope, sure doesn't. For that. <laughs> sure doesn't. Uh, no, so yeah, uh, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, we will give it a one Mississippi. Wait. <laughs>
Let's give it a one Alabama, two Alabama, three Alabama. Okay. Alabama knocks off Mississippi State 30 to six. You should, the have, six done, was you should have done six Mississippis because that's how many points they had. That. Yeah. I could edit it. That would require me to edit this podcast. No, and this no, podcast no. does not believe Moment's in. Gone. Let's, this let's, podcast this train doesn't stop. does not believe in checkdowns or editing. There was a time where I used to sit there with like a soundboard, waiting for the right time to hit the buttons that I'd memorized. Bootstraps, bootstraps, <laughs> and that was an all-time soundbite, though. It was. I will never regret that. And I'd days. like, I'd like put and, them in before this. Sp- I was like, oh, I think I might be able to use this one today. There, there will be a time when we get back to that. Yeah. Aragorn style. It is not this day. It is not this day. Uh, Alabama wins thirty to six. Mississippi State scores their first touchdown since twenty fourteen in Tuscaloosa, and the last two seconds of the game. Let it me, did bu- bug me that that happened. Let me go ahead and give you a little tidbit into my brain, and why I think Alabama might come out of this pretty well. One, because last week I told you if they came out and covered the spread, I would feel pretty good about it. I'm not sure I feel good about it. But I said that I would, and I have to now. Yeah, I'm you sticking do. to my guns. And people aren't allowed to change their minds. Nope, absolutely not. Uh, especially not on this pod. Just ask anybody who listens to it. Uh, I still think Josh Allen's a bad quarterback. Sure. <laughs> the good thing about podcast is you can just kind of say anything. I used to think he was... I think Nolan Ryan was a bad pitcher. Look how fun we are right now. I mean, I did think that Josh Allen was going to be a huge bust. LeBron James may be in the top 10. I also thought that Mahomes would be. Wow. I mean, we all did. Texas Tech quarterback. Uh, All right. I just, I don't even want to talk too much about the game because we're going to do that in a minute. Right now, I want to talk about that last play. And what you saw in the last, if you watch the broadcast, the last minute of that game. Mm -hmm. A defensive pass interference was called on Malachi Moore, the same guy that had the defensive pass interference called against him, uh, against Tennessee. Again, I think it was BS. He had his arm on his hip, sure. But he played the ball. He did not uh, make it impossible for the... I can't think of the word I'm trying to say there. He did not hinder, there we go, the receiver's opportunity to catch the ball. He played the ball as best as he could. His hand was on the hip. I understand that. He was not pulling. He was not holding the jersey. His hand was on the hip. He deflects the ball. Flag comes out. Mississippi State moves up four yards. At this point, there's like 10 seconds left in the game. Most everybody's left. Saban rips off his headset loses his mind on the referees, ends his tirade with a nice little cherry on top of F you guys. Okay. So that's something we haven't really necessarily seen since the, you know, Tennessee game, obviously. But um, that's something I haven't seen a lot from him this season, which is in garbage time or in instances where the game is pretty much sealed. He loses his mind at somebody, right? Yep. It's one of his calling cards. But he hasn't done it that much this season. The other thing that I saw that made me very excited was, I believe, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to say the wrong name here. One of our defensive backs, after that ball was snapped, turned to a younger defensive back and screamed at him as everyone's running off the field and Rammer Jammer starts playing. My mind immediately goes back to the 2012 national title when Barrett Jones and AJ McCarron are shoving each other back and forth, my mind goes back to the 2015 uh, title when there are arguments among the players about, well, we still didn't play our best game. It's good that we won, but we didn't play our best game. That's not something I have seen from a Saban team since 
I don't even think it happened in the 2020 season. You've also got the Julio Jones story where some player was mouthing off at practice and Julio just went up to him, got grabbed him and said, it's not how we do it here. That's not us. That's not how we do it. Saban likes to tell that story. Uh, That's the type of stuff that Bama has not done. I don't, again, I don't even think it happened in 2020. Mm -hmm. I think the last time it happened was 2019. And Saban coached the last two teams very interestingly in the last, uh, I'll say the last three teams, because he did it in 2020 as well, where instead of losing his mind in opportunities where he could have lost his mind, 2020 being the Ole Miss game, um, 2021 being uh, after the Texas A&M game, instead of saying, these guys have to play better, we have to coach better, this is awful, and he did it a little bit after Tennessee. Um, That accountability didn't really seem to be there with his players, and Saturday night was the first time I've seen it in a long time where his players were basically preaching his gospel to one another on the field. Yeah. That has been a hallmark of Alabama national title teams is no. Yeah. We won 30 to six. Great. 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 Everybody's going to talk about that. You know, uh, who was it? The reporter that asked Jonathan Allen, Oh, well you guys beat a playoff team by 40 points. That doesn't happen. Teams don't do that. Alabama does. That was Jeff Spiegel. No, it wasn't. It was. Oh, my gosh. It was Jeff Spiegel that got that soundbite. <laughs> no comment on that one. Um, I just, I don't know what it is about that last play and why I'm harping on it so much and ignoring the things about the game that should really bother me. Alabama has a bye week this week. That means a lot of players get to get healthy as well because Tyler Harrell, I don't know if you know this on Saturday, caught a pass. He did. Caught a pass. A decent catch, by the way. From, from Jalen Milrow. And a decent route. And that's the other part I was about to say. Jalen Milrow completed two passes on Saturday that were dynamite Mm -hmm. and would have won us the game by probably 14 or 17 against Texas A&M. I think Saturday made me more optimistic for this season than maybe any other game outside of Arkansas has all season. And the Arkansas game, the only reason I was excited was because Jameer Gibbs went off. Yeah, and we you know, we left that game with Bryce Hurt. Bryce was hurt, but again, he had his helmet on, whatever, right? Yeah. I, I feel more optimistic about this season now than I have, and it's it's twofold. It's And I'll stop talking in a second because I know I'm torturing people. It's not only the fact where our players are that upset for giving up a touchdown in garbage time that didn't, like, literal garbage time, a last-second touchdown because they're not playing to their standard that they want to. They're not playing to the coach's standards. Um, that made me feel good, and then looking ahead at the schedule. Alabama has theoretically pending Ole Miss doesn't just go off like they did in 2014 against Alabama. They have one more really true tough test and that's LSU Mm -hmm. before December. That means there is a full month to figure things out. I am feeling more optimistic about Alabama right now. If you'd like to go the pessimistic route, you may. I mean, I am more so than I was last week. You're, um, you're more pessimistic or optimistic? Optimistic. Okay. So, I mean, you, you beat a team 30-6, to six, you can't help but be more optimistic. Uh, I don't think they played as well as the score looked. I don't think they played bad. I'm not saying they played horrible. I think there was a lot of taking your foot off the gas in that game. They took their foot off the gas, and a lot of the, a lot of the shutout, the defense did play really, really well yes. overall. Yes. Um, a lot of the score from the other side of the ball had to do with Mike Leach going for it over and over and over again on fourth down and drawing up most of the a couple of them were great plays by Alabama and a couple of them were just boneheaded 
why would you if, if you're gonna go for it on fourth down? Why would you make that call anyway? Nope. Um, so that that helped a little. That contributed. Foot came off the gas. The offense was was abysmal and non-existent in the second half. And that that's that is my main and only complaint. I can't be too mad because last week I talked and talked and talked and cried about the penalties, and they only had one, two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's I was just about to look that up and tell you. Um, up until Al- maybe Alabama the, had three penalties for twenty yards, and I think up two until of them that last drive, half. it was I think one. Yes, I, I I was about to say I think two of them were in the second half, and I think both of them may have been in the. Fourth I think quarter. they were in that last drive. Um, with the last touchdown drive, I think they had two penalties. Yes, and I don't know if you mentioned this because I was looking that up. Uh, takeaways. Yeah, and they they got some takeaways. Alabama had a. Uh, did they have one? I believe they had one turnover this game. Um. Which are the two things that you were most upset by last yeah, week? Yeah, that, that when the ball is hitting them in the hands, they weren't catching it. And yes, the penalties more than anything. Any any complaint I've ever had about an Alabama team was been the penalties this year. So yes, I am trending up. Um, I am still wary about a night game in LSU, right? Because I don't blame you for that. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll get to that. It's going to be loud, and we're gonna, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. I'm hoping sure. your guys don't have false starts. And, sure. Of course, that's two games from now, so we don't even need to get into that game yet. We still have another game before that and a bye week. But we don't have another game before that. We have oh, the, that's right. We have the bye oh, week and then we have LSU, LSU now. Which right. we can we thing. can either pause and talk about LSU on next pod, or we can talk about them now. I would say we talk mostly about it next week. Okay, I'm sense. down with that. Let's 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 talk about Mississippi State for the remainder of the ten minutes of the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. So so the offense. I, my now my it's still penalties. Penalties is going to be the thing that sits in the back of my mind up until the end of the season. That's just the way it's going to be. That's going to stick forever. Um, but the other thing is just the the way our offense operates. And I know that you agree with me on this. One hundred percent. I have two things I want to bring up. Our, and this is one of them. Our, I don't know if it's the wide receivers' skill at getting open or if it's just the unimaginable what the unimaginative nature of Bill O'Brien's route trees. It's probably both, but our offense is snap the ball. Bryce takes three steps. Nobody's open, yep. and then he goes and plays backyard football. And is, by the way, the best I've ever seen at it. He is so There's, good. There is not a, I don't want to hear the Russell Wilson. I don't want to hear Tua. I don't want to hear Trevor Lawrence. He is the best at running around and making things happen when there's nothing there. Outside of Patrick Mahomes in the last decade that I've seen. Yeah. He's, and if you exactly don't agree right. with me, you're not watching, by the way. Because I have a lot of people who have jumped all down my throat about this in the last three days. You're not watching then. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So he makes it. He makes it look. Two two players. I'm going to name a player that makes everything look super easy, which is Bryce Young, to the point where it doesn't look as impressive because of how easy he's making it look. And then a quarterback who made everything look like the most effort. Everything required 100 is the hardest thing you've ever done, and that was Jameis Winston. Yep, exactly. Everything Jameis Winston did was the hardest necessary. Even if it was a touchdown, he took the hardest possible route to get that touchdown. And again, he won a Heisman in a national championship and has been a decent-ish starter. Absolutely. Who was his coach, by the way? (laughs) Jimbo Fisher. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Uh, But... No, it's just, you know, it, it, it doesn't look as impressive when he does it because he makes it look effortless. Uh, yes. One thing that I can't stand from this game is the offensive play, and I think that's a two-part. Oh, and the 29-yard rushing. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. The, uh, the offensive play, play calling, the play. It's just, like you said, unimaginative is a great word for it. Why is it we have one of the best running backs in college football this year, period? That's inarguable. Mm-hmm. And he has 37 yards. 
Now, granted, he did have two yard, two rushes that were uh, eight plus yards um, on uh, ten of his carries. Twenty percent of his carries went for more than five yards. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. And he had a couple more carries that were three or four yards. Those are fine. Uh, his longest was nineteen on the night. He had a touchdown. Jason McClellan, six rushes for nine yards. Roy Dell Williams, six rushes for seven yards. All three of those dudes, you and I have seen break off massive runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's play calling, buddy. It's play calling. Yeah. There's there's no other ifs and or buts around it. Even when the play call is horrible, like it was against Tennessee, Jameer Gibbs ran for a 14-yard touchdown. Alabama's players are bailing out Bill O'Brien, and it drives me insane, and it's a massive, massive failure on part of the athletic department and Nick Saban that Bill O'Brien is still on this staff. Not being that he should have been fired this season. He should have been fired right after the National Championship game last season. Um, There was uh, uh, Jamison Williams last year who helped bail out a lot. John Mechie helped bail out a lot. I will even say one name that's going to make you want to punch a hole through my face. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley in the Iron Bowl had two massive catches that bailed out Bill Mm O'Brien. Didn't bail out Bryce. Bryce put him right on the money. Bailed out Bill O'Brien for terrible play calling, and Bryce made something happen. Um, I know because I went through to formulate this argument today and went back and watched that last drive of the Iron Bowl. Yeah, Billingsley had a catch. Because I was was trying to think of a time when I said, okay, when have I thought, oh, it's all on Bryce, and it was that last drive of the Iron Bowl. Billingsley was never talent, by the way. Billingsley was... Yes. I Trust me, I know. Trust me, I know. Um, He would check out. That's my big issue. Another thing we've got to talk about with this team and specifically Saban that's been in the headlines and we're not doing it justice if we don't talk about it has nothing to do with on field play, which is not something this podcast really specifies in, but I know you had opinions on it and I do too. Dream Burton shoved, pushed, punched, whatever you want to call it, made contact with a fan, a female that mm-hmm. was probably, I don't know. I don't want to say half his size, but closer to that than his size and was not suspended. Nothing came out about it. There's a short statement released and that was it. He said they were going to handle it internally, which is, and what does that mean? I am not sitting here saying that he deserves to go to jail. He deserves to be kicked off the team. Nothing like that. But Saban has done so much more to players that have done so much. I don't want to say less. Yeah. But that have done other things that don't really warrant the punishment. And it feels like a really weird time to sort of pull the reins on that a little bit. My, my opinion was if there was a time to set an example to the rest of the team about what kind of behavior will be tolerated and what won't, that would have been it. I mean, just, you know, yes. we're not going to handle it. Listen, I, I don't know what happened. I can speculate. Uh, I can't right. speculate. We've seen he the- might have said something nasty or he might have just been pissed off and being a sore loser and saw the first girl in the a fleeting thought comes into his head. I'm tired of these people running into me. And he just shoved her. Yeah. That's probably what happened. That's, but any any number of things could happen. But if, it doesn't matter. If you've ever been a part of a field storming, you know how it is for the opponent, uh, yes, opposing team. Mm-hmm. It is a get off the field as quick as I can. Or it's a I'm looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for any frat boy to get in my face right now. I'm looking for a fight. And I will say this. Most fan bases are pretty good about just, eh, they may talk a little bit and sure he's drunk, whatever. Shove him away and let's just go. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it's, it's not as much a, uh, 
he absolutely assaulted someone. He injured someone. He did shove a girl. That's not okay. Yeah. That's never okay, especially with the way that football has treated wearing a, wearing a jersey, wearing the colors, and in, in a football stadium. Especially with the way football has treated situations like this yeah. in the last five years, this is absolutely the time you make a stand. Mm-hmm. Even Saban, if you don't believe it, even if you don't believe it, this is the time where this is a this is a massive time to recruit. This is a massive time to show, like you said, the rest of your team that this will not be tolerated. Look, you and I love Alabama. We love Nick Saban. I am somebody who believes if you love something, you're willing to criticize it to death. And you're really willing to harp on it and talk about its faults and failures as much as you can. Because that means that you are holding it accountable in your head, right? Yeah. There there has to be the, the bottom line in your head has to be cream of the crop top tier and doing nothing in that situation is not top tier no even okay and i'll say this even it's, it's it was, not the standard he always talks about the standard it doesn't matter if it's jermaine burton if it was julio doing it you have to do even if it was a half it, it people would have said it should have been a full game and people would have criticized that too but it was he did he did something he punished the guy in a tangible way that we can look at and go he did this was it enough i don't know but to to not do anything. I mean, that's what it comes to. He didn't do anything. He right. let the guy slide, and he even he even had some even like he had a couple pretty not great sound bites about it. He was scared. Uh, he talked about how Burton was scared. That's excuses. That's excuses. He was scared. So, like he pushed a girl. He didn't. He didn't push a six foot two frat dude that was in his face. He pushed a girl that was nowhere near him when he did the shove. Yeah. He was. She was an arm's length away. Yep. He reached out to do it. I look and again. I I hate that. We even have to talk about off-field stuff because we are not. We it are, was on-field. It we was are, even on-field. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, but yeah, we are. We are not the two guys that should be commenting on the state of the game and sure, you know, uh, suspensions and all that. But come on, man, hold yourself accountable. Hold your players accountable. Like I said, Saban, you've done a lot worse to guys who have done a lot less. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it feels like a cop out. It's not a good look for the university. That's all I'll say about that. I want to. Talk about two more positive points on the game. Okay. I just looked down and realized that Will Rogers threw the ball 60 times this game. Mm-hmm. Let me say this about Will Rogers. Say what you will. This is back-to-back years. He has gotten his absolute ass beat by Alabama, and it's just got right back up. He, um, I think he set the completion record. Yes, he did. He did. Um, granted, it's a... Mike Leach offense and his QBR is 38.9 from this game. He was 30 for 60 for 231 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, That's impressive. Classic Mississippi State season. Start the season really impressive and then just completely trend down. Completely fall apart. Yeah. yeah, So, you know, it it was a decent Mississippi State team. Um, Defense was actually a lot better for them than I expected. Mm -hmm. The plays that Bryce made were incredible. Um, When Alabama did get out in the open space with the ball, they looked great. The other main shining moment, and another reason why I'm critical of Saban right now, Eli Ricks was dominant. Yeah, he was. He might on win, Saturday, he might win uh, the Benaric, not Benaric. Uh, yes, you're right, and I think he Benaric did win it. of the of the week, player of the week. Yeah. He did win it. Okay, um, as he should have. Why was he not playing against Tennessee? Or I, any number of games. If 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 it comes out and he's injured, that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why Mississippi State, the air raid team, was the game that 
Alabama and Nick Saban decided, look, and I understand if it's Nick Saban's a quarterback's coach guy who comes up and is just the head coach and he doesn't really deal with you. He's a defensive backs coach. He is the quote unquote expert on defensive backs. We were so excited about getting Eli Ricks. He was touted all through fall camp. Season starts, well, he's got to learn the defense. And we all said, okay, that makes sense. We saw him a little bit at Utah State and then Texas absent. And he's, ever, he's only played a mopped up duty up until ever since then. Yeah. It's been where is he? Oh, I guess he must not be that good. I think even on the podcast last week, I was like, why is he still on the team? Why are guys like him and Burton still on the team if they're not going to contribute as transfers? The only thing I can think of, and I'm not saying that this would be right, it would still be you need to be able to see this coming, but if he wasn't injured, maybe he wasn't getting it done at practice and he's just the kind of type of dude you throw in a game and they just knew they had to do something different in the back defensive backfield because Arnold was so bad against Tennessee. Just I just don't I up. just don't picture him like but that. But I don't think it I don't know what it is. I don't know because I think if that were the case, no one would have talked about him in fall camp. Yeah. I, I feel like if Ricks if Ricks was in I mean it's easy to look back in hindsight now, but I it's almost easy, too easy to look back and go, Well, if Ricks was playing that game, we might have won that game. Uh yeah. You yeah. Know. Well, I, I you know, with as much as uh, Terry and Arnold was picked on, and I was super high on Arnold before that game. I, I was looking at Arnold, thinking that guy's a future first round draft pick. A lot of people were. I was absolutely feeling that way. A lot he's of people were. And, and by the way, this by the players. way, still think he could be. Yeah, because um, I think he's a really talented player. I'm just not sure he was put in the position, or he was put in a position early enough where it it was it it just was too much. Uh, Eli Ricks is a shining point for Alabama. I'm feeling way more optimistic than I was before Saturday. Um, if everybody can get healthy, Will Riker keeps hitting all of his field goals, including the ones from 50 yards. Damn it, Will Riker. The pressure ones is what uh, to hit him. I will feel very good about this team from here on out until December in the SEC championship game. And how many teams have we seen, especially in Crimson and White, who slip up in October or November, take a month to get right, and then go run the table? That's the that's the main hope. We did it last year. We did didn't it. look we didn't look like world beaters up to uh, mid October last year either. No, we looked bad. We didn't look like world beaters. They looked bad. Yes. they. So. A lot of people like to forget how close that Tennessee game was last year. And to be fair, Bill O'Brien even upped his game a little bit starting in October last sure. year, too. Yep, like absolutely. You, you can't discount what he did in the, in the absolutely. conference uh, game. So Next week on the pod, we're going to do a lot more broader college football type stuff, and then we will do a look ahead at LSU, what Alabama needs to do. What we're hearing from the uh, what we're hearing from the bye week, things of that nature. And I also I'm gonna I'll save it for next week, but I'm going to fix college football. Okay. Remind me that I said that. I hope so. <laughs> I hope you do. I'm gonna fix it. Uh, it's been a great season. This is one of my favorite seasons since 2007. I hate that Alabama had to take a loss for everyone else to realize it, but yeah. this season has been awesome. It's been off the, the fact, rails. The fact you have. A potential seven-way tie. If you haven't seen this, by the way, you need to go look this up. A potential seven-way tie in the Big Ten West um, and a potential four-way tie in the ACC Coastal is hysterical. That is so funny to me. It's going to happen, too. No, one of those will happen. It may not be that many number. No, it won't be. <laughs> it may not be that many teams, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, thank you for listening. We love doing this podcast. Uh, if you have anything for us, tweet at us at PI underscore podcast. I haven't plugged that in a couple weeks. Hope everything's sounding good, sounding all right. Sorry about Skylar at the beginning, but you know, dogs got to eat. Dogs got to eat. Nothing like doing my podcast with my best friend, best in, the whole friend world. in the whole world, baby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.